Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Coming up in this week's episode, Endemol Shine China Managing Director William Tan discusses the intricacies of operating in a market where the company's making local versions of humans and broadchurch. Catherine Tate, President and CEO of CBC Radio Canada, talks about the challenges of programming a public broadcaster in the SVOD age. And we delve inside Disney Plus, the new SVOD service being teed up by the Mouse House for launch next year. More on all those shortly, but first, a quick rundown of some of the news from c21media.net this week. Sky Director of Drama and Mensa is leaving the European pay TV giant after seven years to join Netflix as its first London-based Vice President of Content. Mensa's long list of credits include Fortitude, Riviera, Patrick Melrose, Britannia and A Discovery of Witches. Her departure comes ahead of Comcast acquiring Sky and with Netflix continuing to step up its drive into international originals, with the company also announcing this week a string of Indian commissions including a drama set in Goa and a movie starring slumdog millionaires Dev Patel. Brent Montgomery, the former chief executive of ITV America, is teaming up with the comedian and chat show host Jimmy Kimmel on a new production venture called Kimmelot that will operate as part of Montgomery's Wheelhouse Entertainment. Wheelhouse also announced the hire of Sean Cohen as president, joining the company after 15 years with A&E Networks, most recently as president of International and Digital. Other moves this week saw Susanna Dynage, the global president of Discovery's Animal Planet, named chief executive of the English Premier League, and Nick Bell, chief of content at Snapchat, leaving the social messaging service after five years. Meanwhile, Marvel Comics and the Walt Disney Company were among the legions to pay tribute to comic book legend Stan Lee, who died at the age of 95 leaving behind a legacy of superheroes known the world over. From Spider-Man to the Fantastic Four, the Hulk, X-Men, Iron Man and Thor, many of whom will enjoy a new lease of life as part of the upcoming Disney Plus SVOD service, teased by Chairman and Chief Executive Bob Iger last week. Billed by some industry observers as a Netflix killer, Disney Plus will launch towards the end of next year, and boss Bob Iger has given some more details, as well as thoughts on the future of Hulu, which his company will get a bigger share of following its acquisition of 21st Century Fox's entertainment assets. C21's Nico Franks has been following the story, and he joins me now. Nico, what do we know so far about Disney Plus? Well, we know that it's going to be positioned around five key brands that Disney sees the most potential in, uh, which are the Disney brand itself, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars and National Geographic, which it got ownership of as a result of the 21st Century Fox deal. So from those brands, there's going to be spin-offs, new shows, remakes, a couple set in the Star Wars universe that we already know about, one set in the Marvel universe that's orientated around Tom Hiddleston's character Loki. There's going to be remakes of movies like Lady and the Tramp, Three Men and a Baby, Father of the Bride, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Parent Trap, Peter Pan. So lots of classics, lots of well-known IP. And obviously the aim will be to take Disney Plus into international territories, uh, which Bob Iger confirmed but didn't give any sort of timeline on. It's going to be interesting to see how that impacts Disney's 
multitude of relationships with third parties, as well as its relationship with its own linear channels, which of course are broadcasting around the world. You've got Disney Junior, Disney XD, Disney Channel, uh, but also a host of other brands that they're they're in charge of that the launch of an SVOD service could potentially cannibalize. They also have ESPN Plus in the US, which is tied to their sports channels business as well. That's been doing good numbers. It has, yes. It's got a million subscribers in about six months. And obviously that's a key differentiator for Disney to rivals like Netflix, which don't have any sports assets and aren't apparently in, intending to have any. And I was speaking to Guy Bisson at Ampere Analysis about how Disney's approaching SVOD in a different way to Netflix in that it's offering three different services to try and attract three different types of consumer. So Disney Plus will attract families, ESPN for the hardcore sports fans, and then Hulu, which it now has more of a stake in with more general entertainment. So going right from broad sitcoms to edgy stuff that it will be producing more of and has said it's going to invest more in. So some good news for for Hulu. What else did uh, Mr. Iger have to say on that front? The company's gaining a majority share in that business. It's had a pretty rocky and uncertain kind of birth, I guess, ever since 2006. Its shared ownership among the different studio groups has, has been up and down, and it's been put on the market at least a couple of times now. It seems that Disney is committed to taking that business forward. It does, yeah. Bob Iger was talking in, in glowing terms about Hulu. He was saying that their intention is to grow the service, um, invest more in original content. He said that there's scope to increase the subscription price of Hulu. So he obviously feels great confidence in the service. And another thing he mentioned was that potentially taking it international as well, which is so far Hulu hasn't really done. So yeah, he pledged to invest in more content. And he also mentioned plans to potentially bring it internationally alongside Disney+. Plus. So he clearly sees there's room in the subscription world for both Disney Plus and Hulu, not only in the US, but also internationally. The really interesting aspect of all of this, the extent to which they can take these these streaming services international and the speed at which they do it is all based on the legacy output arrangements that they have with their various broadcast partners around the world. That's going to dictate the speed of all this. It is, yeah. There's going to be a lot a lot to iron out in terms of all the output deals that Disney has. Also, it's linear channels and the pay TV companies that carry those channels. So, yeah, it, it's it's not going to be as, as easy as, as how Netflix made it look. And it'll be interesting to see how it affects relationships with companies like Sky, which it has had a long relationship with, and whether or not those companies will see as much of value in Disney content when Disney Plus exists. Indeed. So Disney, as you mentioned, has an output deal with Sky. Sky is soon to become a part of Comcast. Comcast outbid Disney for that business. There's going to be a bit, little bit of bad blood there. And one would assume that with, with Disney hoping to get the entirety of, of, of Hulu, that's going to be an interesting point in the negotiations moving forwards. It is, yeah. So it has a majority stake at the moment, 60%. But yeah, the analysts are saying that Disney's endgame is to own 100% of Hulu eventually. And, and how easy that will be is hard to tell because obviously Comcast sees a value in it and Comcast will greatly be aware of the difficulty of launching a separate streaming service of it of its own if it were to divulge its its interest in hulu great okay well thanks very much for that nico there's plenty more on that story as part of the c21 pro 2018 digital buyers report publishing on our site right now profiling leading players including disney hulu netflix amazon facebook apple and many more 
Among the other companies featuring is Ikiyi, described as the Netflix of China, a company which earlier this week picked up rights to the Late Late Show with James Corden following a deal with CBS Studios International. Ikiyi, together with Tencent and Yoku Todu, are shaking up the Chinese market with the number of SVOD subscriptions in the territory poised to overtake the US next year. China was country of honour at MIPCOM in Cannes last month, where I caught up with Endemol Shine China MD William Tan. I asked him about the present state of the market. Uh, challenges remain. Um, like many other markets, China is, you know, continues to also be, uh, be regulated. I think it's not China. I think there are some other markets also regulated, but in probably in a different uh, manner, different ways. Um, Non-scripted has always been something that the government wanted to embrace more innovation and creativity and hence why um, I think the local landscape is really pointing towards where we need to develop originals and as you can see uh, in the past markets in MIP, in a lot of different uh, trade shows, trade fairs, we can see that there are more and more um, um, audience and uh, participants from China and that really shows that um, the Chinese are no longer just looking into buying but really are into exporting their shows uh, to the other markets and really what uh, the government embraces. That's just a small extract of the interview with William Tan, the C21 TV video version of which is available in full on our site right now, talking about Chinese remakes of Humans and Broadchurch. You can also watch our C21 TV interview with CBC Radio Canada President and CEO Catherine Tate, in which she talks about taking over at the company and the challenges the public broadcaster faces. Here's an extract from that. One of the challenges for public broadcasters, for all broadcasters uh, today, is that we're operating with legacy assets and with new assets like OTT streaming services. And in fact, audiences have different expectations of those two uh, platforms. So for example, on our broadcast network, we have long-running hit series like Murdoch Mysteries, this is a good example, or on the comedy side, Schitt's Creek. Um, a new one from the same producer of Murdoch Mysteries is Frankie Drake. And those are broad-based mystery series, those two. Whereas on the OTT service, you'll find perhaps more niche programming, different kind of um, uh, uh, shows that will appeal to let's call it more niche audiences. So we had a show like Crawford, for example, from the creator of Trailer Park Boys on the OTT platform. So it's really now we're working with a, a whole lot of different creative expectations. And the consumers are really driving the kind of shows that we're uh, commissioning at this point. Catherine Tate from CBC Radio Canada. Don't forget you can watch that interview in full, as well as hundreds of others on c21media.net where you can also stay up to date with all the latest industry developments in the international TV business. Follow us also on Twitter and on mobile. That's all we have time for in this week's episode. Thanks for listening.